Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Here at The Strad, a lot of our news stories come from competitions. There are so many competitions happening around the world, even more so now as we emerge back to normality. Hmm. Every once in a while, you see a name that keeps popping up. Someone who is enjoying repeated competition success. My guest in this episode is one such person, violinist Maria Udenich. In September, she won the Tibor Varga International Violin Competition, held in Sion, Switzerland. We wrote a news story about it. Then, just over a month later, her name pops up again, this time winning the Josef Joachim Competition in Hanover, Germany. You can just imagine us in the Strad editorial team. Who won? Maria Udenich. Again? I thought she just won. Yeah, yeah, she did. Wow, she's doing well. So obviously I had to find her and talk to her, and I'm very happy that she agreed. She spoke to me about how she prepares for competitions, including choosing and performing repertoire, and dealing with performance nerves. She also shared some advice to young musicians who are embarking on the competition circuit, as well as her ambitions for the future. Here's Maria. Maria, welcome to the Strad Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, so we're here to talk about your recent competition success, because it's not escaped our attention here at the Strad that you won two major violin competitions last year, the Tibor Varga and the Joseph Joachim competitions. An amazing achievement. And so I guess I just wanted to know a bit more about your approach to preparation for competitions. How do you plan for these? How much can you plan your repertoire in advance, especially now given the time of COVID? Yeah, that's a good question, especially because I haven't done many competitions before. Uh, I mean, I had, but a lot of them weren't as extensive. And for a lot of them also, I just didn't pass to you know certain stages, so I wasn't able to experience the whole competition as it is. Um, so for this, it was a new experience, especially having these two competitions back to back. It had to be a certain plan uh, put into place for that. So as soon as I knew, as soon as the competitions let out on their websites, the repertoire that uh, we're supposed to learn and play for them, I put some of the pieces into a recital program like a half a year before the competitions. Uh, so that was one of the major things that really helped me prepare because I got those pieces out on stage already. But then during the summer, I was at Marlboro Music Festival. You know, we have up to six hours of rehearsals every day. And then we have to practice, of course, those pieces. So I wasn't practicing as much as I should have uh, with the months leading up to these competitions. But then I had 10 days in Boston before leaving for Tibor Varga, where I just gave it my absolute all. I was completely focused and there was nothing except preparation on my mind. Yeah. When the repertoire lists are released, do you try and choose repertoire that fits both the competitions or do you like to mix it up? What informs your decision-making process there? Definitely. I try to combine the repertoires as much as possible. So you know, there is some choice in these repertoire lists. And actually, these two had some in common. So I would have one piece that I could use for two competitions, which, of course, is much easier than having two completely different, you know, two or three hour long 
repertoires to prepare for these two separate competitions. How do you find it having to phase your preparation, knowing that you've got different stages in a competition, right? And so, you know, you have your first round, your second round, but, you know, you also have to really prepare for if the situation may arise that you get to the final round, which you obviously did twice. How do you make sure that it's consistently well-prepared all the way through? That's a very tricky thing to do. And honestly, like, I w- of course you practice all of the repertoire as much as you can for preparation, but it comes to a point when you arrive to the city, right, to the Sion in Switzerland or Hanover, and you have two, three days before the first round, I really focused 90% of my practice on the first rounds. And then if you get through, you have two more days. So I really focus only on the second round on those. But then you you touch the other rounds barely. And so the anxiety, you know, like rushes up inside you. Like, what if I get through? I am not prepared. <laughs> so it's always this like step by step. It's definitely not the best way. But for me, it, it had to be that way. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose everyone's approach is going to yes, be different, isn't it? Sure. And so, you know, you, you find something that works for you. You, you sort of um, take each thing as it, as it comes mm-hmm. along. Do you get very nervous before you perform in each round? Yes, I do. It got slightly better as the rounds progressed because, of course, you're, you're practicing performing and that's one of the biggest things we can do to help us prepare being on stage is being on stage. <laughs> so, yes, each yeah. round it got slightly better, I think, the nerves. Do you have any strategies, perhaps mental or physical strategies, as well as musical strategies for competition preparation? Like any sort of rituals before you go on stage? I do just a quick sort of, I don't know if I can call it a meditation, but I do sit in place and I, you know, I visualize all good values and like, I just try to uh, feel as good of a person inside before going on stage because I think those values come through in the in the music so I try to calm down you know anxiety I try to calm down fear because fear is you're only afraid for yourself and that's very selfish I think before going on stage everyone does it I do it like we're all afraid we're gonna mess up Mm. but that's unfortunately putting the attention on yourself when the music is supposed to be for the audience it's very hard to turn that voice down. <laughs> yeah, so I do a little, little tiny meditation to help calm me down and just prepare me. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because I think as performers, we can be so focused on ourselves. But then you have to remember that audience members are probably not going to be feeling the fear for yeah. you. They just want you to play well obviously it's different in a competition because you're being judged by a panel but (laughs) I I guess in the same way that you have to continue practicing being on stage you have to practice diminishing those thoughts um, before you go on stage well you obviously you know must have gotten quite good at doing it (laughs) (laughs) would you have a certain piece of advice to musicians starting out with competitions obviously you've said that you haven't actually done that many competitions but you I would say that now that you're in a place where people can learn from your experiences um, what's some advice that you would give to younger musicians dealing with pressure for example yeah well I think a lot of pressure of course there are external circumstances like you have to do this to sustain yourself to make a living and all of that but the pressure of just being on stage 
uh, is a very real one. And it is possible to alleviate that by getting these pieces out in recital programs, just playing for your friends like a while before actually going to the competition. I did that only for like three pieces in my program, so I didn't do it the best way. But those pieces that I did really helped, really helped to um, live with the pieces actually for months and to be able to play through for friends, for family. For me, that's the most important part in knowing that I'm prepared for for performance. I suppose if you've done that background work, you can get on stage and then therefore fall back on the knowledge that you are prepared, that you know you have done this before. Yeah. And then with that comes that feeling of spontaneity, those risks that you can take, knowing that you don't really have to worry so much about, oh, oh. am I going to make this shift? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I mean, a lot of our profession is a mind game, unfortunately, because we all get lost in our thoughts and self-doubt and fear and everything that possibly comes with being in front of a stage alone in front of hundreds of people, right? Which is totally normal. And also, we love this music so much and we want to do it justice. I think a lot of pressure comes from that too. But I think also a large part of my advice is to take care of yourself because only in that way you'll be able to give your all on stage. Yeah, so take care of how you talk to yourself, take care of how you practice, and just to be kind to yourself is very important. Yeah, not to drive yourself too hard, I think. That's probably a danger that a lot of young musicians yeah. fall yeah. into. But also, you know, physical health as mm -hmm. well, right? Like just making sure that you're sleeping enough. Yes. Do you get enough sleep before competitions? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of things keep you up at night, <laughs> but that's very important, yes. And you mentioned, you know, we do this because we love the music, we love the repertoire. How do you feel about your competition repertoire having played it so many times now, you know, for the next competition that you do? <laughs> do you think you'll stick with that repertoire or will you maybe try something new well i don't know if i have a competition in my future but if i do it'll be a few years later <laughs> uh, and um, hopefully i'll have you know some other repertoire by then that i will be able to be comfortable on stage with but i love this program i still love it i want to perform it all the time brahms concerto those are my first time in, in switzerland performing it and how can you not fall in love with playing that piece with orchestra it was just ah, it was amazing <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, because you may play it many, many times, practice it hours and hours and hours, but just to get the chance to play it with orchestra is quite rare yeah. in itself. So it's it's very special, I imagine, when you get that oh opportunity. Oh my gosh, unbelievable. That's fantastic. I want to ask you about your ambitions after the year that you've had. So beyond competitions, what sort of repertoire are you looking forward to playing and or recording even yes I, I know that you're you'll be doing some recording coming up right yes I'm very much looking forward you know I'm a little scared you know saying what I'm playing or the theme because I don't know if anything will change but right now the idea is um surrounding the 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 topic of song because there's so of course there are vocal pieces you know but um there are many pieces that were based on songs and that is very dear to my heart because I you know, for inspiration on how to play violin, I listen to singers. <laughs> I love that genre. Yeah, so I'm just super excited for all the pieces that are going to be in the album. One of them is the Schubert uh, Fantasy for piano and violin, of course, because it contains a song by Schubert. I cannot pronounce the song. 
so I will not. But <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's basically a quotation. It it, it is a quotation of the song inside the fantasy and I've always wanted to play this piece it's very dear to my heart Schubert is very dear to my heart yeah Schubert is the master of a a lyrical melody I have to say yeah (laughs) well we look forward to hearing about your future projects to do with the song subject to change (laughs) I I will just say but I just wanted to say um, Maria thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on competitions with us today thank you so much for having me that was Maria Udanich I'm looking forward to seeing her name continue to pop up in the future, and right now you're listening to her perform the second movement of Vizai's fifth solo sonata for violin. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news and articles on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, And if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days. Start reading right away with no strings attached. Also, if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or a rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.